high atop Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Hey, 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 welcome into another voyage of NBA fandom. It sure is a gift and a curse. I'm your host, Jay Corwin. Right now on Celtics Express, we take a look back at Boston's 108-107 loss to the hated Lakers in L.A. Tuesday night. NBA writer and chap of the show, Matt Chin, comes through to talk about it. We'll also cover possible C's roster permutations, the NBA trade landscape on the whole, and tonight's second night of a back-to-back in that same arena. The Celtics have now lost four straight games, marking the longest slide for the Green in almost two years. They fall to 34-14, and 14, just three ahead of the Raptors in the division and the conference. Same old, same old for the Celtics with major offensive issues continuing to plague the team. Head coach Brad Stevens continuing to tweak lineups as I see a confluence of one-on-one offensive basketball starting to become a major issue for this squad. The Seas also continue to heavily rely on that three ball. It was famine last night, shooting just 15 of 44 for a 35% clip. With all the numbers stacked against Boston late, they still almost managed to pull out the W. Marcus Smart back-rimmed a three-pointer at the buzzer from the top of the key. Head coach Brad Stevens on Smart's look. It was okay. I mean, um, it's hard to get the ball from the from the rebound to the other end of the court without getting somewhat contested. Um, you know, I haven't looked at it yet, so I haven't looked at what it, where everybody else was at the end of that play. Those that watched that play closely did see Terry Rozier on the right wing calling for the ball. Looked like he had a good look. You can't really hate the shot, though. Smart with a solid game. The basket looked big. 22 points, 8 assists, just a couple boards. He was minus 7 in his time on the floor, though. The only players in green with positive differentials. Marcus Morris at plus 4, a strong game for him. Al Horford at plus 2, and Kyrie Irving at plus 16. Matt Chin has some staggering numbers to build on the plus-minus that is plaguing the Celtics in just a few minutes. Irving again led the season, scoring 33 points. He says the Lakers just better on this night. Yeah, they kept they kept cleaning the glass with you know Julius Randle and Kuzma and, and Jordan Clarkson. They did a great job of playing with that uh, extra energy that you need in order to propel you for the victory, and they, and they won it. The Lakers couldn't hit their free throws down the stretch. It almost cost them. They missed 10 of 17 free throws in that fourth quarter, including four in the final 20 seconds to give the Celtics a little bit of life. Rookie Kyle Kuzma was off the hook. Five three-pointers dominating down the stretch. He scored 17 fourth-quarter points. Um, I just felt like, you know, every time I touched it, you know, I was just trying to score it. Um, I was in a good rhythm. That other rookie on the Lakers team, Lonzo Ball, missed his fifth consecutive game with a sore left knee. The Lakers now winners of three straight, seven of nine overall, playing pretty good ball as Celtics fans, of course, looking towards their record as Celtics will get the two through five pick should they end up in the lottery. All of a sudden, the Lakers looking pretty decent. They'll head to Chicago Friday night to open a five-game road trip. They play 11 in the next 14 away from L.A. No Lakers watch needed this game. Instead, we'll take time to congratulate LeBron James. James, the newest member of the NBA's 30,000-point club. King James becoming just the seventh player to ever do it and the youngest at age 33. It's just a special moment. You know, it's just um, I just started thinking about everything that, you know, um, you know, my journey. You know, my journey from being a kid that first picked up a basketball when I was five years old to first starting playing organized basketball when I was nine, you know, all the way up until this point. So, um, you know, I give a lot of thanks to a lot of people. 
LeBron needed just seven points entering Tuesday's game at San Antonio. He dropped 28 in that Cavs 114-102 road loss to the Spurs. The Cavaliers' troubles continue. The 33-year-old James joins Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, Jordan, Wilt, and Dirk on that list. The 14-time All-Star is averaging 27.1 points since he commenced his career at the age of 18 back in 2003. Okay, enough of that crap. It's time to dial up the Celtics Express customer service line. Producer Teddy Too Hot, hit me. Got NBA on the brain? Call the sex line. Whoa there. That's Celtics Express customer service. Give us your take at 617-807-0013 to be heard on the show. That's right. You can get on Celtics Express. Just give us a call. Leave a message. We will get you on the program if you say something worthwhile, that is, we bring in NBA writer Matt Chin at Matt Chin NBA, an amazing Twitter follow. If you love the analytical side of the game, Mr. Chin will show you why right now. Matt, thanks for coming on. How we doing? Good. How are you, Jay? Doing pretty well, Matt. Thanks for coming on. An ugly loss in L.A. night one from La La Land for the Celtics. Not a lot of ball movement. We're seeing a lot of one-on-one basketball. Really concerning me is that trend. This one a tough one to watch for me, Matt, not just because it was in the middle of the night, but again, that lack of ball movement. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, another really ugly loss. This feels like this four-game skate is the low point in the season. I thought after halftime being up eight because they've been such a poor first half team this whole season that the Celtics would be able to hang on but um, the Lakers hung in there I thought you know they killed the Celtics in the paint Uh, they out rebounded the Celtics by 20 shot 26 more free throws and the Celtics launched 44 threes last night that's just not going to cut it that kind of imbalance and I wrote for Celtics blog yesterday um, about how this team is really starting to miss Gordon Hayward's offense and how they just don't have the right tools and right weapons on offense um, to get the job done night in and night out, especially when Kyrie Irving and Al Horford are on the bench. You know, the Lakers got some huge offensive rebounds late in the game, and it's just really frustrating to see that. Yeah, frustrating, I think, really encapsulates the night for Celtics fans. So the other day, to your point about Horford and Irving being on the court, I saw on Twitter you posted a pretty wild stat. Do you recall that? I do, yes. So the Celtics score, I think it's 94.6 points per 100 possessions when Horford and Irving are off the floor. And compare that to the Sacramento Kings, who are in dead last place, worst record in the NBA. They score 100 points per 100 possessions, six more points than the Celtics. So essentially, without Horford and Irving, the Celtics are the worst offensive team in the NBA. Very eye-opening numbers right there, Matt. Uh, Matt, a great follow on Twitter, at Matt Chin NBA. All sorts of really good numbers from him. A great uh, mind for the game. So follow him on Twitter. You get some great stuff uh, almost on the daily, Matt. I know I personally appreciate that. So we look at the roster makeup of the Celtics. Some important dates coming up. Head coach Brad Stevens saying Gordon Hayward will, in fact, start traveling with the team hopefully in early March. The trade deadline, of course, approaching much quicker now, just a couple weeks away, Matt, February 8th. And do you see any changes with the roster makeup to improve the Celtics? There's also that trade exception cash. What's the play here, Matt? Yeah, I think the number one option is to use the $8.4 million designated player exception. That gives them a distinct advantage over every other contender in the buyout market. So, you know, being able to bring that $8.4 million salary without having it affect 
your salary cap or your luxury tax or anything like that. It means that you'll be able to offer any sort of bought-out player uh, a significant chunk more than, say, the Spurs or the Cavs or the Warriors or any other contender that's looking for some frontline talent. So to me, if they can survive the rest of this month um, and make it to February, which is the buyout season, then they won't have to give up any assets in a trade. But to me, they have to look on the offensive side. Uh, This team is just completely lost, as we've been talking about uh, this morning, without Kyrie Irving on the floor. They need someone who can create their own shot, whether it's a front-court player, a back-court player. We've talked before about how it needs to be a big man or they prefer it to be someone along the wing who could be a little bit more versatile. To me, it's anyone who could fill it up. If Danny Ainge is looking out there, I think Greg Monroe makes a ton of sense. If you just look at some of the players that might get bought out, anyone who could fill it up um, and get their own shot is someone that I would approve of. One of the most enjoyable things in sports for fans is, of course, trade talk, and it is that time. Hot stove heating up big time. Word on the street is the Cavaliers looking to make a move, potentially maybe looking for George Hill out of Sacramento. We've also heard of Kemba Walker potentially being on the move. Spurs point guard DeJounte Murray, who's friends and mentee of LeBron James, could he be on the move in a Walker deal? Lots of stuff going on. What's kind of piquing your interest across the league? Yeah, I think what's uh, good for the Celtics is that the Cavaliers do not have a lot of trade assets. I think they are stuck between a rock in a hard place unless they want to put that Brooklyn pick or Kevin Love on the trade market. I think you look at their roster up and down, they have a ton of overpaid veterans, whether you look at Tristan Thompson or J.R. Smith, and then a lot of veterans that aren't going to help a rebuilding team. Like, no one wants a Kyle Korver or a Channing Frye. Um, So the Cavs are in a tough place right now. I think, you know, there are so many rumors out there about George Hill, about Kimball Walker, and to me, unless – Brooklyn, or unless Cleveland's going to throw out that Brooklyn pick, it's just I just can't see other teams being able to not outbid what Cleveland has uh, because they're in such a tight financial situation at all, uh, all the way up near the luxury tax. So that's piquing my interest a lot. I think um, you know Kemba Walker is someone that you know deserves to be on a better team. I would love to see him on the Spurs. I would love to see him maybe with the Nuggets as well. Um, DeAndre Jordan is someone who's been out there the entire season, a defensive stopper. I've seen rumors of maybe a switch with him and C.J. McCollum up in Portland to pair Damian Lillard and DeAndre Jordan. I think that would be really interesting. Um, So something, it's going to start to heat up a lot more the next couple weeks. Um, But the tough thing is, is that with the salary cap flattening out, the TV deal already set in, um, first-round picks are a hot commodity right now. Mm. And with the new Supermax deal um, kind of provision stemming from the Kevin Durant free agency summer, um, a lot of teams are hoarding those first-round picks. Matt, great intel. Little-known fact about DeAndre Jordan He's actually been on the trade block since he was born. His mother considered trading him for another baby. Matt didn't pull the trigger that day, so he's with the Clippers now. We'll see if he moves. Of course, he's uh, rumored every year about this time. So we move on to the Clippers, Celtics and Clippers in L.A. tonight. Now, Doc Rivers may be doing his best coaching job ever. He did win a title 10 years ago with the Celtics, but he has this Clippers team that's been beleaguered by injuries and big-time ones at that, right around 500 and battling for a spot in the playoffs in the West. Sweet Lou Williams killing it. Snubbed from the All-Star team, 23 points a game off the bench this season. I think 30-plus this month or so. He's been awesome. What do you see in this matchup? Yeah, you hit it right on the head there, Jay. Obviously losing Chris Paul in the offseason, Patrick Beverly early in the season. 
and then DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin have most have missed significant time. Uh, Milos Teodosic has missed significant time. He's a really strong point guard rookie, but it's been Sweet Lou Williams this entire season just carrying them. Um, so they're in an interesting spot right now. Uh, whether they you know move away from uh, trying to be a contender and start to rebuild, unload someone like DeAndre Jordan, maybe shop Blake Griffin, but. Uh, with Blake Griffin's max salary, the five-year deal, and they just signed Danilo Gallinari to a significant deal, you have to wonder whether or not they're just kind of in with uh, what their roster construct is right now um, and if they're going to be able to unload some of those veteran salaries. But I think tonight is going to be um, another uh, angry performance by Sweet Lou Williams. He as you mentioned, was snubbed from the All-Star Reserves. So he's going to be looking for vengeance. He wants to prove that he deserved to be on the All-Star team. I had him on the All-Star team ahead of Damian Lillard. Um, so, uh, so they're going to have uh, their hands full with Sweet Lou, who can fill it up from absolutely anywhere. Completely unlimited range for that guy. So anytime he crosses half court, you got to be stuck on him. He's been a ton of fun to watch. Should be a good matchup at the Staples Center, night two in L.A. It's the Socrates of the NBA, Mr. Matt Chin. We appreciate some time, and check him out on Twitter, at Matt Chin NBA. Matt, thanks for some time. Enjoy the game. We will talk to you soon. Let's talk again soon, Jack. That's Matt Chin, peoples, talking roster construction. So good with the numbers, some Clippers, some Cavaliers talking a little bit about the All-Star game, the reserves named by the league on Tuesday. Thunder guard Russell Westbrook highlights 14 reserves. Joining him in the West, Spurs LaMarcus Aldridge, Clay Thompson from the Dubs, as well as Draymond Green, Timberwolves, Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns. Damian Lillard gets the nod from the Trailblazers. For the East, it's John Wall and Bradley Beal from D.C. Cavaliers, Kevin Love, the Knicks, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, Kyle Lowry from the Raptors, the Vaxers, Victor Oladipo, and hey, Uncle Al Horford from the Celtics. The leading vote-getters, LeBron James in the East, Steph Curry in the West, and they will make their selections in a secret draft. That will be announced Thursday again. The league dropping the ball big time on that. How much would we like to see that draft go down? But before that game in L.A. next month, still some real basketball to be played. The Celtics stay in L.A., waking up in that same hotel room they did the night before. They'll face Sweet Lou and the Clippers at Staples Center tonight. As we wrap another episode of your favorite podcast, remember to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, and at Celtics Express on that Twitter machine. We thank our producer, Teddy Tuhat, our guest, Matt Chin, today our legions of fans, and of course, Dr. James Naismith. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Corwin. I'll see you at the Garden.